I'm always talking about how it is possible to change your life by just focusing on getting 1% better every day, how the little things really do add up, and that can be as small as integrating a new supplement into your day-to-day routine like Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. It helps benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I personally have loved integrating Seed into my day-to-day routine. My digestion has never been better. I feel so much better and I truly notice a difference when I'm not taking it. When I take it consistently, I feel so much better. My digestion is better and I've never really experienced something like this from a probiotic. So that's why I continually go back to seed and notice a difference when I stop taking it. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash Alana and use code 25ALANA to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash Alana code 25ALANA. Thank you, Seed, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to big Sandy Superstore. Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Alana, and today's episode is with Lindsay Metzlar, the host of We Met at Acme. She is a dating expert, astrology queen, and a sobriety advocate. And I absolutely love her. She's a fellow Jewish gal from New York City. And I think you're absolutely going to love this episode. Also, happy Valentine's Day. Sending you so much love. And I just realized perfect timing for this episode to come out on Valentine's Day as this episode focuses primarily on relationships, dating, using dating apps, dating rules, red flags, the anti-ghost text, all those amazing things. We touch on sobriety in case you're sober curious like myself. Um, But happy Valentine's Day. I am celebrating with you single girlies. I'm sending so much love to all of you. I will be your Valentine. And I'm currently in New York City as you are listening to this. I come home tonight on the 14th. Um, I'm currently recording this ahead of time. It's only February 1st, so I'm still in Toronto. But while you're listening to this, I will be in New York City um, living my best life. But happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to your partners, to you, your family, your loved ones. And let's get into our weekly intentions. My weekly intentions for the week of February 14th that you're listening to this will be to focus on decluttering my life. 
everything just feels super cluttered in my bedroom. I have way too many clothes and I really want to take the time to go through them and to take out what I'm not wearing and to donate and or sell it. Um, those are us- usually my two methods of decluttering. Um, I also want to go through some of my beauty products and declutter. I was actually listening to an episode of Anything Goes with Emma Chamberlain, and she was speaking about this. I am someone who picks up on the energy of my space, so if it's super cluttered, I will feel more anxious and stressed, so I think it will feel really good just to declutter. And then my tip of the week is when you are decluttering or trying to get rid of things, always see where you can donate or repurpose where you can, opposed to just throwing it out. So much is wasted when we can be a lot more sustainable in our efforts. You can donate your clothes um, to so many different places. You can sell them on Facebook Marketplace, um, creating a little Instagram page on Depop, Poshmark, eBay. Um, You can sell them to your friends. You can, again, donate them. Highly, highly recommend donating. Um, Or you can give them to a friend, donate them to a friend, donate them to someone you know in need, donate them to shelter. And the same can be done with um, food items. You can donate them to a community fridge or food bank. Um, You can give away products like beauty products to a women's shelter. There are so many different ways to give your things a new home and I highly recommend looking at the ways in which you can have your things given a new home before you throw it out. Really exhaust your resources. I highly recommend, especially in the winter months, especially in the pandemic, many, many people are in need. So I'm a huge advocate for donating. So that's my tip of the week and my current obsessions. Hmm. Okay, my current obsessions, I am obsessed with slicking my hair back into now a bun, like a nice slick back bun with the middle part. I absolutely love it. I'm obsessed with all things glowy makeup. I think glowy natural glam is beautiful and I absolutely love it and I'm obsessed with that, like the clean girl aesthetic. I'm here for it and I'm really obsessed with my Aritzia Mega sweatpants. I already knew I was obsessed with the Mega hoodie, and now I'm obsessed with the Mega sweatpants, and it's just the vibe. But we are going to bring Lindsay, Lindsay Metzler, on the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Lindsay from We Met at Acme. Welcome to Morning Ray. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So I was inspired with my intro from your podcast. So who are you? Where are you from? And what is your Zodiac sign? I love it. (laughs) I'm Lindsay Metzler. I host a podcast called We Met at Acme. I'm from New York City and I'm a Libra with a Virgo rising and Capricorn moon. What's your sign? Okay, so I'm a Leo sun and then Gemini moon and Libra rising. I love that. That's a great combination, especially how you have some Libra in there. Love to see it. Thank you. So you recently got engaged, muzzle tub. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us how you met your current fiance and you speak of all these dating rules. So tell me if you followed all those dating rules um, and how did you know he was good fun? So I met my fiance actually 
on New Year's Eve 2020. We had kind of known each other already through friends. He went to high school with one of my college best friends. So I know who he I knew who he was and he knew who I was, but we ran into each other I would say two and a half m- months before the pandemic hit. And it was really good timing. And we started dating and did I follow my rules? So I actually was in like a relationship that was ending when mm-hmm. we first ran into each other. So I like broke up with my significant other, not necessarily forced even. There were other things that were happening. And so once we broke up, I had to like get be the one to get in touch with Steven. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he didn't know wouldn't know I was single. So I would say I made the first move. And that's not usually in the rules, but I think you can make the first move as long as you then wait for them to make like the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of, it was very linear. So like, yes, I ended up following the rules after that. It was just to like get the foot in the door where I didn't follow the rules. And how many relationships or first dates? Cause I feel like some people like go on a million first dates and then they only have like one boyfriend per se. Um, how many like significant others were there before you met your fiance? I would say like serious ones, probably three, but I was definitely like a serial monogamous, Mm -hmm. meaning like I just dated a lot more than I, like I dated people and had like boyfriends more Mm -hmm. than I just like went out on dates and things like that. Um, but I would say three serious ones. My mom is always like, you're always one step closer to your prince. Like you have to kiss a million frogs before you find you do. You really do. She's absolutely right. Um, Okay. Dating apps. I feel like the pandemic has made us really lean into dating apps a lot. I know I'm not a huge fan of them, but I still have Hinge and I have Locks Club. Um, I've used Raya for a little bit, but not much help on there. Um, not even sure if I can disclose that, but whatever, don't really use it, but which dating apps would you recommend and how would you go about creating the perfect profile? I would recommend hinge and bumble. I feel like they have the most people on them, Mm -hmm. um, and like users. And so like, you're most likely to find people who you would meet in a bar or like your friends of friends on those apps. I think to stand out on a dating app, you have to be so authentic to you and like be not be afraid to be like silly or like say some crazy opinion that is going to get people's attention or like your craziest story of like, you know, something that happened with a celebrity. Like that's the stuff that people respond to the most because they're like excited about something in their mundane swiping. Like we're so used to seeing the same things over and over again, like love to travel, you know, like hate, like love peanut butter, like, you know, and so I think to go out of the box a little bit and to be like Harry Potter sucks or something, mm-hmm. then like you, you're you going to at least get someone's attention, which is really great. I love that. And how to get off the dating apps. I feel like I feel like I personally have gotten really good at this. And like kind of like initiating the guy to ask me out or whatever. Um, But I find a lot of my friends get stuck in just talking to the guy on the dating app and then they never end up actually going on a date or anything happening. 
So you have any tips and like, if there's a specific timeline, do you save the number? I think it's so important to like get it to the date right away. Like you want to be in person as soon as possible because you don't really know like your vibe with someone until you are in person with them. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're able to do it. And I'm curious how that works for you. But I would say like, if someone's dragging it out, I would just be like, so like, I don't know if I'm interested in like the pen pal thing, like, or, you know, something like, okay, well, this was nice. Like, you know, something to get them to be like, oh, what am I doing? I haven't asked this person on a date. And the reality is like, if they're not doing it and if they're continuing to drag their feet, then like, they're not that excited about you anyway. And like, you shouldn't want to go out with that person. I think the right person when it comes to dating apps is going to try to ask you out as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I think I just really try to make the conversation super engaging that they'll want to be eager to meet me. Like I don't try to be like dry with my answers. Like I put a little bit of thought into it and make sure the conversation carries. Um, I feel like I'm really good at mirroring like their behaviors, which sometimes can not be the best thing because then a guy will think I'm super into them if maybe I just learn that I'm not because I'm just mirroring the way that they're acting towards me. But I find that usually helps. And then getting off the app and like getting their number, which I usually don't save. I leave it as just the number or maybe whatever the Apple like makes it like maybe insert name, I leave it. Um, But I usually try to get a date pretty quick. Like just I don't I don't want to feel like uncomfortable if I like have just matched with them, um, I like to get a little bit of a sense of like who they are. Cause like, again, it's like a stranger. Yeah. I like that. And I also think that what you said about being really engaging is so important because people don't realize and like, they think it's like always on the other person. It's like, it takes two to have an engaging mm-hmm. conversation. So like give them something to work with. And I like that you do that because then they're going to be like, oh my God, I need to meet Alana. Like I'm having the best conversation with her as opposed to like, oh, like Susie and I are just going back and forth with like about our days. So like, I'm not that excited about her and it goes the same vice versa. Yeah. I feel like one of my tactics is asking questions that maybe you should, most people wouldn't ask on a first day or in first interaction, like questions that are a little bit more deeper, um, maybe catch them a little off guard, not nothing like too scary. But I've also learned that like, it's important to be your authentic self, like right off the bat, because at the end of the day, they're going to figure out who you are eventually. And you want the people that are into that to stay. And like, if you put on this fake persona, then it's only going to like drag it on. And then you may not be into each other. 100%. And like, that's why talking and talking before the date, like, thinking you're in love with someone before you've actually met is Mm -hmm. always a bad sign. Yes. I feel like I always did that in high school. Like, no, when you're texting a guy like secretly, like, but you don't talk to each other at school and then like nothing ever happens, but you now have like this like fascination with this person, but you never actually hung out. Exactly. And like people are very different behind a phone than they are in person sometimes. Yes. Do you have any tips, say, now that like bars and things are like opening and life is getting a bit back to normal? If you see a cute guy or someone in the bar, do you have any tips for sparking up conversation? I know I'm a bit more introverted. So like going up first or like trying to get their attention 
isn't my strong suit, but I'd love to hear if you have any tips. I honestly think that people are so used to not being gone up to at bars and things like that, that they're actually really receptive to whatever you say. So I like to just start with like a simple hi or like, you know, have you been here before? Like what, just like a casual opener. Um, And then if you want to be like more, if you want to make sure to get a response, then I would say something about, let's say there's like a game on TV Mm -hmm. at the bar. Like I would be like, do we care? Like which team are we rooting for? Like something that's like a question that they can answer right away. That like, even if for some reason they have a girlfriend, they can answer that question and then we'll get into that, you know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to them thinking like, oh my God, this girl's hitting on me. Like I'm, and I think that friendly approach is like actually a lot more um, easy to, like it's just easier to respond to someone that's being friendly versus someone that is being like, hey, like you're looking good tonight, (laughs) you know? A hundred percent. I've it's been lockdown here in Toronto, so I literally haven't been to a bar since the summer. Maybe actually no, that's a lie. I think I went out in October or November, but it like things are only starting to open up again. It's wild. It's that's crazy. Um, first date tips. Are you for meeting them there, picking you up? What are your rules for the first dates? What should you be wearing? What's the length of the day? If you're drinking, how many drinks? Give the whole rundown. So I actually don't think that you should be getting picked up on dates because then they know where you live. It's like creepy vibes. You're in a car with them. They're most likely a stranger. I think you meet them there. You meet at a public place. You don't have more than two drinks because you just want to like be in control of yourself. And you want to know if you actually like them or if it's, like, the alcohol talking. Mm-hmm. The the date shouldn't go longer than two hours um, because you're busy and you have places to go. And, like, you're not spending an entire night with this person. And I think you just, like, you try to restrain from, like, sleeping with this person if you want something serious. Because it's more fun that way to, like, build up that tension and again, like, it's like stranger danger. Like, we don't know this person yet. And like, we're just, you know, beginning our journey with them if there is going to be one. So unless you're like intentionally looking for a one night stand, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I feel like I've had, i am always one to meet there because one, I just think, especially if you're meeting the, per, meeting the person for the first time. It's awkward. Like, do they get out of the car? If they're waiting outside of the car, then you have to like awkwardly hug them high and then you get into the car and then it's kind of like an awkward like situation of like your first encounter or sometimes they don't get out of the car and then like you're awkwardly hugging over like the console Um, and then you don't really have an escape. Like if you're really not into it or they're just giving you like the wrong vibes, like you're kind of dependent on them for a ride unless like you think of other means of transportation. Like if you Uber there, then like, great, then you can leave with an Uber. But if you like don't Uber, or you don't feel comfortable taking public transportation, then like you're kind of mm-hmm. up there. Right. And then it also like makes you look less independent and like more like reliant on them. And like, that's not the vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent with meaning there. I find that some guys get offended. They're like, what, you don't think I'm like a gentleman? I'm like, no, I just prefer meeting my on the first date there. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. I guess I never experienced that because like in New York City, no one has a car to like pick anyone up. Yeah, in Toronto, a lot of people still have cars. Um, so they'll try to offer. Would you accept an Uber or like a Lyft ride if like they sent one for you to take you there? Same situation. Like, I don't want them to know where I live. And also, I don't want to go into the date owing them something. Because if I walk in and I don't like their attitude, like, I want to feel free to leave. Mm -hmm. And if they paid for my Uber there, I might be like, oh, but they paid for the Uber. So, like, I have to stay, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. you just don't want to put yourself in that kind of situation. Very true. Okay. On to the dating rules. You have rules. We're going to focus specifically on rules for women dating men because that is the predominant audience of my podcast. And then it's also relevant to me. But let's discuss rules for women dating men. Let's do it. So there's a lot of these. And we just went over a few of them because um, some of them have to do with first dates and things like that. But I am, and I have gotten in trouble a lot for these rules because they are like, you know, they're very much traditional, but I really think that like the man should be pursuing the woman. And so like no initiating texts, you know, no gifts before official Mm -hmm. things like that um, are really important to me in like the courting phase. What do you think of the rules? I'm very much like that too. Like I like when a guy pursues me, I kind of like there to be a little bit of a game. Like I know you're 90% security, 10% insecurity. Like I feel that like the whole throughout the whole like um, courting to like being exclusive to dating and whatnot. Like I think that's really important. I find when I feel like the guy puts all his cards on the table right off the bat, like I get bored and I'm not interested. I'm like, I might as well just be friends with you. Like, I don't right. know. That's how I feel. But I feel like we're very much aligned. Um, in terms of drinking on the first date, I will be honest, I have gotten a little too drunk on the first date. I don't love it because it happens. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing to do. I feel like it blurs, like you kind of get like drunk goggles and you usually end up spending a lot of time with the person on the first date and then you get this disordered like sense of reality because you've now spent what, like six, seven hours together. And Mm -hmm. you're taken out of reality and you are like taken into this world where you're just with that person and it can lead you to get a bit attached too soon. But definitely, usually, for the most part, I like to stick to two drinks, usually, sometimes even like one, depending how strong they are. Um, Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said, especially the distorted sense of reality, because you feel like you know this person. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you just spent like six hours with them on a date and you feel like it's like three dates. You feel like it's like four dates because it was so long, but it really was just one date. And so like two people can come out of that date feeling totally different than the other. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, And do you think... I like, I feel like I already know what you, what you think of this, but mm-hmm. obviously not all my listeners know who you are and know your opinions, but do you think astrological compatibility, like Zodiac signs really matters when dating? So this is going to shock you, but mm-hmm. I actually don't. I think that it matters like your charts compatibility mm-hmm. with one another, like your, you know, Venus and your Mercury and all of that stuff, which represents more parts of you. But I think like the 
face value, like the Libra Leo, mm-hmm. like that doesn't matter as much because there's just so much more to it. And I think that people who don't date certain signs are really shooting themselves in the foot because they don't know the rest of that person's chart. So they should really be more open-minded about it. Mm-hmm. We actually have an episode called why you should date a sign you're not compatible with. I've a hundred percent have listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Red flags. I feel like always I got like messages from girls. Apparently I'm now like their big sister when it comes to dating. Cause like I've opened up about like my dating experiences a little bit on my socials. Um, Love it. We tend to miss red flags when we are so caught up in like the lust and the newness of a, a relationship or even if, we're in love with someone sometimes we brush them under the rug and we're like oh it's actually like an orange or a pink flag so what would you say are your top five red flags and what you recommend to do if you notice a red flag mm, great question I think number one is like how they treat people because like if they're not nice to waiters if they're not nice to their mom who like you know is nothing but nice to them then that's really indicative of how they might treat you down the line I would say number two, like if they hold things against you, like we were talking about before, like, oh, well, I got you the Uber. So like, you have to do this, you know, like that's not good. And like a a gentleman will like treat you and expect nothing in return. Mm -hmm. I would say the third red flag is like how they speak about their exes. Like if they're always like talking shit about their ex or like, you know, say they're crazy, they're crazy. It's like, why do you feel so many strong things about Mm -hmm. them like it's more of a green flag to like just be like yeah we like didn't work out but like I wish them the best um I would say the fifth would be if they are just like generally um like don't have their shit together like they have no idea what they want to do in life like they have no ambition. They are just like complacent doing like something that they're miserable at and they complain about. Um, and then I would say the sixth biggest red flag is um, like what other people say about them. And this is controversial because like some people are like, well, I want to have my own experience mm-hmm. with them. But like the reality is like if they're a good person, like people are going to say they're a good person. If they're like shady, people are going to say they're shady. Like where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think it's important to pay attention to that also. Yeah, I 100% agree with that last one. I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't want you to influence my perception of them. Like I want to go in with like my own perception. But whenever I have avoided other people's comments on whoever I'm on a date with, they always end up being right. And then I either get annoyed or hurt or like something happens Mm -hmm. so I've learned to really trust my friends and those around me who know of the person I'm going out with um it really listen because people don't just say shit 100% like there's never I have the same situation anytime I was like oh that's not true for me it it ended up screwing me too yeah because I feel like especially girls like we like to think like oh we're the exception of the rule like no like no (laughs) never rarely that's why it's called the exception yeah okay my friends hate doing this I always encourage them to but the anti-ghost text what is it why should you do it and how do you do it 
It's so cringe, but it's so necessary because, you know, you we go out on a date and then people just think the easy way out is like to ghost someone. But I think if you've been out on at least one date with someone, you have to send an anti-ghost text. Like if you've met them in person, you went out on this date, because first of all, they'll respect you so much. And second of all, like, if you ever want to like change your mind about it, like you, at least you said something really nice, you know? And like, at least they won't be wondering like, what if it's just like this nice stand up way of telling someone that you're not interested. And like, yes, it's cringe to write it. Yes. It's cringe to receive it, but it's the right thing to do. It really is. And like, I think the more that you do the right thing, the more the right thing is done to you. A hundred percent. I know it took me a while to like get the balls to do it and not feel like awkward about it, but I feel so much better because I know that if I then run into that person again, like a city is only so big, then like it's not going to be like awkward or at least I would hope that like we can both be mature and it like be okay. Um, And then I also just know, I feel confident in knowing that I did my part in communicating truthfully how I felt and I hope that that good karma comes back to me definitely but I'm curious like why are friends so afraid of saying it what do they do instead they just like either like they're they like are overly nice and like seem like are still like interested and then like kind of Mm -hmm. like fade out um a lot of them like I would say I'm the one that goes on the most dates out of all my friends like, I'm always, like, very open-minded and, like, meeting new people, whether a romantic relationship comes out of it, whether it ends up being, like, a business connection, a new friendship. One of the guys I went out with in the summer is now one of my best friends. And we, I literally, from, from the first few dates, I knew that there was no, like, romantic spark there, but we could be really good friends. And I straight up told him, I was like, I don't see it going in the direction we initially thought, but I think we could be really yeah. good friends. And now he's one of my best friends. He lives, he's now in Melbourne, Australia, um, doing med school. But like, I took a chance. That's amazing. And, like, now, I love that you said that. And like, you gained a friend, you gained a friendship from it. Yeah, it's crazy. Would have never thought that. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's what's scary is like, you don't know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they're a good person, like, they're going to want to be friends just as much as you do. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a little pivot. Um, you're sober, and I'm sober curious. Um, Ooh. So, a little backstory on me. I never – I've never gotten high before. I've never smoked weed. I've been with my friends. Never have gotten high. I only started drinking summer before grade 11. I'm 22 now. I'm not a huge drinker, which is why I'm sober curious because I feel like the only reason why I started to drink was to get over social anxiety and to kind of like Mm. fit in in high school. Um, I never like being out of control. Like I've only ever thrown up twice from drinking because I never let myself get there. My friends are always like, what? How do you do that? Um, But I'm sober curious. So I have a few questions for you. And I'm sure there are a few girls or some listeners that are also curious. So how did you know when it was necessary for you to become sober? I, you know, 
I like it's different from you Mm -hmm. I was a big big weed smoker and like that was my thing and it got to the point where it was just such like a part of my routine that I couldn't imagine my life without it and it started to like really affect me negatively like it was I couldn't travel anywhere without it I couldn't sleep without it. I couldn't eat without it I would like get sick without smoking before eating and like it was, it was really, really bad. Like I needed it to just be a functioning person. Like if I didn't have it, I was so irritable and I wanted to stop, but I couldn't, like, I felt like I was like bound to it. Like Mm -hmm. it it had this control over me that I, I couldn't do anything about. And, and it wasn't just like the weed. It was like the symbolicness of like trying to escape from things that were happening in my life and like not actually facing things. Like if I went on a bad date, like I would smoke or drink or like do something to just like get out of the negative emotions Mm -hmm. instead of just like feeling the feels and like letting myself be bored sometimes and letting myself be sad sometimes and letting myself be, you know, whatever it is. And I just felt like I tried to stop and I woke up and I smoked and that's when I was like, okay, I can't do this like on my own. I need to, I need to stop and I need help. Do you have any pieces pieces of advice for someone who may be sober curious, um, whether they are in a state like I am, whether they're in a state closer to what you were in? Do you have any pieces of advice? I think that like you should try and see how you feel not smoking or like not doing anything. Like, I, Have you ever tried dry, dry January? Yeah, I actually just did it. What do you think? How do you feel? I feel like because I didn't drink a lot to begin with, it wasn't like super challenging for me. Um, I felt really good and I also felt like empowered. There was one night where I had some girlfriends over and they were drinking wine. Like I let them bring wine. I gave them a bottle of wine and I just didn't participate. And it felt really good to be able to confidently say no because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to or to give it and like to not give in to like drinking because I know in the past like I've said no and then like they ask like one more time and then you're like oh sure like Mm. why not um so like that was probably like the most like monumental or like a moment that stood out to me the most also like had more time on my hands like now like obviously when you're younger like you don't get as big of a hangover but like and I know I'm not that old now, but even like at 22, like yeah. I don't even want to know what it is. Like as you get older, like the hangovers are real and like it feels shitty so not to be able to like wake up and be like as energized and like I like to work out. So feeling like unmotivated and wanting to work out and just like feeling like shitty and like you kind of feel like greasy. Um, so it felt nice to not have any of that in January. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that like, if you're feeling only good things when you're not, you know, with it and like doing it, then that's something to explore. Um, I think like as you get older, you get more clarity around your relationship with alcohol and like with like things that you're using to escape from things. Mm -hmm. And, um, but as you said, like the pressure is really hard, especially at 22. Like I can't even imagine because it's such like a going out culture and things like that. So I would say, like, if you're going to do it and, like, 
you want to commit to it, then like you kind of do need to like tell people because you're like, Hey, I'm trying to do this thing. Like, please be like respectful of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like very much about willpower. For sure. And I think like the hardest thing for me to navigate was like first dates because a lot of first dates are going for drinks and yeah, you can go for coffee, but like, I don't know in my head, like coffee isn't as like sexy, like as going for like drinks like at happy hour like at night um did you ever find it difficult to date without drinking um and do you have any tips for telling the person you're going out with that I'm not drinking and like without having to go into like a whole thing or like yeah. to make it a big deal I think dating when not drinking is like very dependent on your personality like it sounds it seems like you would be fine um, because your personality wouldn't change that much. Whereas some other people might feel like they need alcohol to like come out of their shell almost. Um, and I was similar. Like I, I would, would just be like, yeah, I'm not drinking tonight, but like, don't worry, you won't notice a difference. Like I would say something like that, or, you know, maybe like ahead of time, if they were like, Hey, do you want to go to this bar? They have amazing like drinks. I would be like, do they have amazing mocktails too? Or like, um sounds great but like I'm more of a Diet Coke gal like just say it that like in a way that it's not so serious and daunting mm -hmm. like oh I can't go to a bar I can't mm -hmm. even look at alcohol like I'm sober like but again like it depends on your level of sobriety like I have some friends in sobriety who can't be around alcohol so they wouldn't go to a bar so I think you need to figure out with yourself like what's like triggering for you or what you can handle what would you propose, like, say you don't feel comfortable going to a bar, what would you propose as something that would be, like, more direct substitute? I think that you can get ice cream. I think that you can go to, like, a comedy show. Like, anything that's not directly only about drinking, mm -hmm. like, is a, great, is a great option. Like, you can go on a walk and get coffee. Um, you can go to a bar if they have good food because, like, maybe you want to eat. Um, and again, like the mocktail thing, if you want to have a mocktail, if that's something that you're into, like there are bars that have great mocktails. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed, at least in Toronto, a lot more bars and like restaurants have a now dedicated mocktail menu with the drinks, which I think is really refreshing to see. And it will definitely make it a lot easier. Definitely. Yeah, so many bars are like upping their game when it comes to that. Um, what do you would say is the biggest benefit you've personally experienced from being sober? I think being able to like use my time in the best way. Like I maximize my time 100% because I don't lose it to like a hangover that's like got me, you know, paralyzed for the rest of the day <laughs> or, um, like I don't you know, stay at a party that sucks and just like drink through it. Like I feel like I am able to like value my time and like not just like spend time somewhere because it's like a drinking event or, you know, because I'm whatever hungover. Um, and like also just being able to be like a better person to everyone in my life because I'm not like having nights where I'm like, I don't know what happened or like, you know, just the things that happen when you, as a result of drinking and, and getting drunk and smoking and all of those things, like I'm just able to be more present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely found that like 
and I know you spoke about this like how at your bachelorette like your friends were drinking but you like you were sober and like you picked up on their energy I definitely felt that at that dinner party I had with my friends like I could tell they were tipsy but I kind of felt tipsy even though I wasn't like the like the bubbly energy like very like playful and like just like being authentically like myself um although like when I was younger I feel like alcohol helped open up my shell a little bit I feel like now I know how to do it myself um so it is possible if like anyone's listening to this and they think it's not possible I think it it can be you just have to learn how to be confident in yourself and putting that out there yeah, exactly. It's it all comes down to that and like you learn to understand and love yourself more when you're being yourself stripped of all this like alcohol and drugs and whatever it is. Mhm. And we're just going to wrap things up, Lindsay. So, what is one piece of advice or a resource, a quote, whatever you want that you want to leave the listeners with if they didn't listen to anything today and they're just taking this one piece, what would it be? Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to do my go-to, which is just that if they're confused, if you're confused, they're not interested, and you wouldn't be confused if they were because they'd be showing it to you. Yes, I believe that 100%. My therapist backs that, so take that I love piece it. of advice and run with it and plug yourself out. I'm sure many of my listeners already listen to you, but where can the listeners find you? They can find me at We Met at Acme on Instagram or wherever they listen to podcasts. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Morning Ray. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe as that is how you can help support Morning Ray. We are still trending in the top 30 actually or 40 of the Canadian Apple podcast charts for education. So thank you so much. It means so much to me and I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon. Bye guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.